The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, it's Gabby, and welcome back to What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Gabby. I'm the founder of What's Gabby Cooking. I'm a best-selling author. I have a line of products, and now I'm a podcast host. What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine is your one-stop shop for all your food and cooking-related questions. We'll be talking tips and tricks, how to store food, how to put together meals based on what's in your pantry, and so much more. Every episode, I'm also going to be featuring a super cool company that's making incredible products that you can have delivered to your doorstep. So in the age of quarantine, you do not have to leave your house very often. So without further ado, this is What's Gobby Cooking in Quarantine. Hi, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Hi, Thomas. Happy Wednesday, everyone. You decided to join us. I did with a glass of wine. You're gracing us with your presence. Definitely. I've been missing out on the last couple. So <laughs> Thomas, figured I'd pop in. Thomas has been very busy editing the What's Gobby Cooking Culinary School that we just launched. And the curriculum is aggressive. Quick, short videos teaching everyone how to cook. I mean, every time I go into the kitchen and make something, he's like, we should film this. And I was like, oh. I guess I should put on a bra. But if you haven't checked it out, check it out. It's over on the website, whatsgobbycooking.com. Let's get into some questions. Hey, Gabby, it's Stephanie Laura Vera Miller. I called a few days ago with a polenta and risotto question. I have three grownish kids and am used to cooking for a family of five. And also I come from a family of five and we always cook too much food. And then two of them went away to college and there are only three of us at home. And the one left at home is not a big eater. And I could not figure out how the heck to cook for three people without wasting food. And you have two people at home. And I was just looking at your weekly menu and you are making all of these amazing things. And I thought if I were to make that many meals for just the three of us, when it was just the three of us, we would be wasting so much food. So how do you do it? How do you cook for just two people and cook actual meals and not waste food? That's what I would love for you to talk about. Thanks, Gabby. Ciao. Hi, Stephanie. That's a great question. And I'm so pumped we get to talk about it because food waste is something that I take super seriously. And we try to waste almost nothing. Here's kind of how I think about it. One, if I'm making like a pasta dish or something like that, I am looking at it like this is going to be dinner tonight and then lunch for two days. And I think Thomas would agree with me that we both love leftovers. I don't really cook during the day unless I'm recipe testing. So we have to make breakfast and lunch based off of what's left over in the fridge. The other thing I will say is, let's say I make like roast chicken and some vegetables and something on the side, whatever is left over in terms of those roasted vegetables or leftover veg, I will fold it into scrambled eggs in the next morning, or I will make an omelet. I will pop it in a skillet and add something to it and make it into a lunch. Like I'm all about repurposing things. A lot of the recipes on my site, like a lot of the stewed chickens, or like slow cooker meats can be used for enchiladas or tacos or something else the next night. So I think we try and make things last that way. I think too, when like prepping meals, like the extent of my cooking knowledge is roasted vegetables and buying a rotisserie chicken. And so you can roast like five or six different types of vegetables. You don't have to eat them all that night. And then you just swap that out as like the different side with the rotisserie chicken and you've got four or five different meals. Pair that with like Gabby's basil vinaigrette or what's the red pepper sauce that you like? The roasted red pepper vinaigrette. Yeah. Pair those two and then mix those with the different veggies and that mixes it up again. I think the other thing too is like go into your meals being really serious about not eating anything else until they're done, you know? 
So like when Gabby does cook a ton, it's like, okay, we're not cooking another meal until we finish these leftovers. Yeah. Or we just fold the leftovers into something else. Like we put a lot of leftovers into pasta and frittatas all the time. Yeah. We get creative and like worst case scenario, you make like a variety bowl, which I like to do a lot (laughs) and then just top it with sriracha and you're set. So my God, what is my life? (laughs) Hi, I'm so excited to be calling. My name is Pam and I am from Connecticut and I have a couple cans of artichokes, like the quartered artichokes that I would usually put in a dip. I was hoping to do something a little more fun with those for dinner. So let me know if you have any ideas. Thank you so much. Take care. Hi, Pam. I'm so glad you asked this question because my artichoke consumption is at an all-time high. I don't know where I found like six cans of artichokes in the pantry, but like they're there. Okay. So normally I would tell you to put them in my artichoke dip because I thrive off of that artichoke dip. But this is what I did with them over the weekend. I took them out. I drained them. So they were all in like an, it wasn't like a full oil mixture. I would say it was a water mixture with a little bit of oil. So I took them out of that, drained them, blotted them totally dry, put them on a sheet pan, drizzled them with olive oil and one of my seasonings and popped them into like a 450 degree oven for 18 minutes. They came out like so crispy, almost like Brussels sprout style crispy. And then I folded it into pasta and then I added it on top of a ricotta toast. Both were incredible. And it felt like I cooked the artichokes fresh. Like they never felt like they came from a can. The other thing you can do that I've been doing a lot is taking the artichokes out of the can, draining them really well, chopping them up and then smothering them with a little bit of olive oil. And maybe you have some leftover herbs or you have some basil vinaigrette or something, you throw that in as well with some salt and pepper, put it on grilled fish, put it on roasted chicken, put it on seafood. It's not like a caponata, but like kind of the same vibe on top. And it's really delicious. Oh, and add lemon juice. Would you eat that? Yeah. I also think you could take the artichokes and like dice them up and put it on some toasted bread with like some olive oil and balsamic and call that a day right there. Maybe some sea salt on the top. That sounds really good. That's literally what I just said, but with ricotta. (laughs) But did you say on top of bread? Yeah. Toast. Oh. I think I did. I don't think you did. No, I'm hallucinating. All right. (laughs) Either way, two great examples right there. Hi, Gabby. This is Lindsay from Oakland, California in the Bay Area. It's looking like I'm going to have to trek out to the grocery store soon as I'm pretty much dwindling on all of my supplies. And I'm just kind of wondering what you would recommend as like a one-stop grocery shop so I don't have to constantly keep going out and grabbing more ingredients. I've just had a really hard time building up my staples in my pantry. And I would just love to know like what you recommend, especially during this time of things that, you know, aren't necessarily flower needs because those are out everywhere, but stuff that I can kind of throw things together for really quick and simple meals. Looking forward to hearing your answer on the podcast. Thanks. Hi, Lindsay. Thanks for calling and super great question. I think we are looking at also going to the grocery store in the near future. And I'm trying to think about it. I have a list that I've been working on for the last two weeks, honestly, and I'm trying to organize it in my mind off of aisle. Like I'm trying to remember what is in what aisle so I can just like zigzag through the grocery store. Like remember that Nokia game snake? And you would like go up and down and around. That's how I'm trying to do this grocery store. Could so, you imagine being in quarantine right now with just a Nokia phone? No. Oh my God. No. That's next level. Okay, back back to the question though. <laughs> Here's the deal. I will go to a store that has everything. So 
Probably not Trader Joe's. Also, the lines at Trader Joe's right now are giving me like true anxiety every time I drive by. There is a blog post on my site. It's called How to Stock Your Pantry and Fridge. And there is a very comprehensive list on there of pantry staples, dairy staples, meat staples, freezer staples, and like things you can leave on your counter for a very long time. I would go on there and then edit that list as needed. Like maybe you don't eat canned tuna. So like scratch canned tuna off of that. Maybe you don't need any jam because you already have jam in your pantry. Scratch that off, but use that as a guide. And then edit as needed. I also, for example, for us, I'm going through my pantry before we're going to go to the store and like really assessing how many nut butters I have, how much oil, how much vinegar, like do I really need to spend time in that aisle getting it or can I hold off another month or so? So I think that would be my suggestion. And to go in A, with a mask, like in long sleeves, like no skin showing and like get in there and get out and be as safe as possible and know what you're looking for. What do you think? Yeah, I think also attack it as to like what's going to freeze best and like last long, right? Mm -hmm. Like stuff that you can make and then freeze. I think that'll go really far. Like the only thing that's jumping to mind right now for stuff that you can freeze is cookie dough. But (laughs) I think that there's plenty of other things Gabby could suggest that freeze well. Also like peanut butter, bread. Enchilada sauce, salsa, coconut milk. Like bouillon cubes, like stuff that can add flavor to a dish like that you can make. Pasta, you never go wrong with pasta. That's where my head's at right now. Yeah. So I think as long as you go in with a plan and get things that you can use for multiple purposes, like get coconut milk because you can use it in any number of recipes, get butter because you can use it for everything. So check out the blog post on my site. Hopefully that really helps. And also like get yourself some chocolate, like treat yourself. All right. Who's next? Hi, Gabby. I'm calling from Bergen County, New Jersey. Just like you and Thomas, my husband and I are buying our first home. We close at the end of the month. Very exciting. But we love the house. It has a super tiny kitchen. Any advice you can give about cooking in a small kitchen? That would be awesome. I obviously love to cook. So yeah, hope you guys are staying safe. Bye. Hi, you didn't say your name, so I don't know who this is, but it's so nice to hear your voice. And congratulations on the new house. That's very exciting. Good luck with the move. Moving is just never fun, but good luck. Especially during this time. No, I mean, we moved by ourselves because we didn't have movers. It was a lot of work. Well, it was a lot of work for you. Right, but it's the right time to move, I guess. <laughs> if you're going to move, like, I guess do it now. Congratulations, um, though. That's super exciting. All right. So your question was how to cook in a small kitchen. And I will tell you, when Thomas moved to L.A. a year before me, because he's a year older than me, and he was living with one of his friends, his friend's girlfriend, and then I moved in after college. And the kitchen was no joke, two and a half feet by two and a half feet, like the actual standing room only, right? It was like a legit galley kitchen. I mean, no, it wasn't the galley kitchen. It was like a cubby. I could spread my arms out. And you would hit. Widthwise, and I could hit all three walls if I spun around in a circle. (laughs) So cooking in small spaces, I am no stranger to. We talked about this in the pod on Monday. I think the key is to really edit what you have. Like you don't need 75 pots and pans. You don't need 14 knives. Like I would just really... I also love a garage sale, although garage sales are not really conducive to today's environment. Maybe give some stuff to your friends and family that you don't need and then just move into the house with the basics, like the real essentials that you use all the time. And then plan accordingly. Like you don't need to have 14 boxes of pasta in your pantry. Like I guess during quarantine, this is a little bit of a funny time not to have a stocked pantry, but in general, I would say that would be the advice. And then maybe designate an area in your home that 
you can put some extra things in during quarantine that you'll eventually use up and you won't need that space anymore. We're dealing with some awkward spaces in our new house. And one of the things that some of the people that we've talked to have suggested is like creating an area that's not necessarily in the kitchen to where you can store stuff. So like if you do have a bunch of like big pots and pans while it's not in the kitchen and that's not the most efficient, you can create an area with like a buffet or a different set of cabinets or maybe a hall closet, like where you can put those items that you don't use all the time. So that just clears up more space for your essentials. I would say keep the essentials in the kitchen and then get creative with where you store other stuff throughout the house and I think that's the best way to go at it. I mean, like maybe your bookcases have your pots and pans on them and it's like an art statement. Or your cocktail glasses or something along those lines. I'm totally into it. Like if you have some colorful Le Creuset, pop that up there and call it art. It is. It's so pretty. (laughs) But congrats on the move. Good luck. And that's it for the questions for today. Okay, so let's talk about beans because I am obsessed with beans, always have been. I grew up in a mostly vegetarian household, unlike my husband, and I have recently turned him and many other people on to a company called Rancho Gordo. They make all sorts of, or they grow all sorts of incredible beans. They are shipping out across the country. I'm going to preface this and tell you guys that their shipping is a little bit delayed because the bean demand is high right now. We came home one day to a package of like probably 20 bags of beans. This was, all the, dif- this this was, was pre- before quarantine. Pre-quarantine. All different colors and types like I've never seen before. They actually looked like really pretty. But yeah, I grew up like eating canned refried beans. I'm not the biggest bean fan. I'm a convert. This stuff is so good. Like I am a huge Rancho Gordo bean fan. I didn't know that they could be so flavorful. But also like canned refried beans are so bomb. They are, but it's just a single flavor. Like these actually have legit flavor. Right, right, right. All right. If you need some beans, check out RanchoGordo.com. They ship nationwide. Your shipment will come in a couple of weeks, but that's cool. They're going to be amazing when they get there and they're beautiful. All right. That's it for today's What's Gobby Cooking in Quarantine podcast. Be sure to tune in Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the foreseeable future. And if you have any questions that you want answered, give us a call. 888-338-4429 and leave a voicemail. Make sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on and follow along on Instagram at What's Gobby Cooking. And for all the recipes we talked about on this podcast and more, check out whatsgobbycooking.com and the episode notes. I will see you guys very soon. Bye.